of us. Let's open with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. You are a great and awesome God. So we go to your word right now. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to each and every one of us. I thank you for everyone who's here, none by chance, all by divine appointment. We thank you also for those that are watching on live stream from all over the country. Lord, we pray that you would bless and minister to them as well. So be glorified in everything that happens here. I pray that man would decrease, that your spirit would increase, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. So Hebrews, quick review. Letter to the Hebrews. We know uh, it's, nobody knows for sure who wrote it. I believe it's the Apostle Paul. But basically it was a letter written by a Jew to the Jews to tell them to quit being Jews. Can I get an amen? And he was exhorting them that, you know, as Christians... When Jesus came, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, barbarian or Scythian, rich or poor. We're all one in Christ. Amen? Amen. And praise God for the Old Testament. If you come on Thursday nights, we're in 1 Kings. We just started looking at Elijah last Thursday. We love the Old Testament. It all is a foreshadowing of who Christ is. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled all the Old Testament rites and rituals, all the Old Testament feasts, all the Old Testament sacrifices. So we no longer are involved in the old covenant. Again, it was pointing to Jesus. He's the fulfillment. Can I get an amen to that? So why hang on to the shadow when we have the substance? Amen. But what was happening when this book was written, part of it was that there were a lot of the Jewish believers who had been born again, who were being drawn back into Judaism to some degree. Remember the temple hasn't been destroyed yet. So they're hearing the shofar being blown. They're hearing the, the, they're seeing their family members going off to temple, something they had always done. And we know that even the disciples and others would even go to temple sometimes and preach the gospel there. The apostle Paul certainly did that. But the point is that there was a, a temptation to go back, to go back to, to the religion. And again, when they've already got their relationship with the Lord. So everything in the old covenant pointed to Jesus, but once Jesus came, he had fulfilled them all and it was time to move forward. So, so far, what we've seen is the author just letting us know that Jesus is better. We saw in the first chapter that Jesus is better than the prophets. He's better than Moses. He's better than Abraham. He's better than Daniel. He's better than the prophets. Again, praise God for the prophets, but the prophets are not Jesus. Can I get an amen? And, we, and the prophets did not die on the cross for us. And we don't pray to dead saints. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. By the way, uh, Charmaine's uh, memorial service is a week from Tuesday. It's going to be down in Carson. I know that anybody who wants to come is certainly invited. We'll get you more information on that. Um, it'll also be on live stream so you can watch it. But I was informed that there will be four speakers, three Catholic priests and me. So I said, I want to go last. Can I get an amen? So be, so be praying for that uh, because we don't, need, we don't need to pray anybody out of purgatory. Can I get an Amen. We close our eyes on earth, we open them up in glory. And Jesus is better than the prophets. He's better than the saints. And then we saw that Jesus is better than the angels. We've been seeing that the last couple times. And praise God for the angels. The angels are messengers of God. They're used mildly by God. We don't worship angels. We worship Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so the whole focus of Hebrews is telling them to get away from the rituals, get away from the old covenant, because it's not there. It was a blessing. It was used by God for thousands of years, but Jesus is the fulfillment and he is the focus. That's why we are called Christians. Can I get an amen? We are followers of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is 
better. Amen? Now, if you were here last week, we, t- we began chapter 2. If you have your outline, grab it. I'm going to go through it again with you quickly because it's the same outline. We looked at the first half last Sunday. And I tell it, don't drift away. Because we as believers can drift away so easily. And I want to tell you something. COVID has caused some people to drift away. I've had people calling me up that haven't been to church in over a year since COVID started. Haven't been to church, and I get it. And they're watching on live stream. But then they'll tell me that, I'll always ask them, is your walk, are you as close to God today as you were a year ago? And I haven't heard anybody say yes. It's always no. Because guys, we're to forsake not the gathering yourselves together and all the more as the day approaches. Can I get an amen? We need to be in God's presence. You've heard me say that watching on live stream, praise God for that if that's the only option we have. But that's like watching a fire on your TV screen as opposed to having one in the fireplace. It's totally different. Can I get an amen to that? You need to be in God's presence. We want to use the gifts God's given us. Guys, we can't give to others when we're sitting at home. Now, those of you who are at home because of health issues, we love you and we understand and we, we look forward to having you back. Amen? But we totally understand. And so we look at don't drift away. First of all, we saw last week, don't drift away from the word of God. We saw the four witnesses to the truth, the spoken word of God that was then confirmed to us by the apostles, the writers of scripture. We saw that miracles confirm the word of God. And then we saw also the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't know anybody who's in the word every day who are not growing in the Lord. Can I get an amen to that? So you're as close to God as you want to be. And if you're not as close to God as you used to be, we know who moved. It wasn't the Lord. It was you. Amen? And so if we move away from God, that's our fault. That's never God's fault. And when people say to me, well, I don't ever hear from the Lord, or God's so silent to me, I know they're not reading their Bible. Amen? If you want to hear God speak out loud, open up your Bible and read it out loud. Can I get an amen? Open the book, open it, read it, obey it, right? The Lord wants to speak to us. This is the living, breathing word of God. 66 books, 40 authors, three continents, three languages, over 1,500 years, one central theme, no contradictions. It's only possible because God wrote it, amen? It's a love letter from the creator of the universe. So do not drift away from the word of God. And one of the easiest ways to drift away is to do nothing, any dead fish can glow with the flow, right? Amen? You just throw it into the river and you just start drifting away from the Lord. We need to be proactive in our relationship with the Lord. Spend time in the Word every day. And then second of all, don't drift away from the Word of God. Don't drift away from the one who died in your place. Now all five of these, there are five different things we're going to look at, they're all describing Jesus. Because Jesus is the Word, amen? And we also know that he is the one who died in our place. He left heaven. You ever think about that? We talked about this last Sunday. Not only did he come to earth, think about where he left. He left heaven. Heaven's better. Amen? Heaven's better. My mom's been there since last Saturday. I'm praising God for it. It's so good to know that as Christians, what we have coming after this is way better than where we are now. Amen? Heaven's better. And so he left heaven on purpose, came to earth, took on humanity, and knew that he was going to have to suffer and die that you and I might have eternal life. Our, our Savior loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you, and he proved it on the cross. Amen? I love the fact that he was willing to suffer as if he lived my life so I could be rewarded as if I lived his. What a great and awesome God we serve. Amen? 
So the two things we looked at last week is don't drift away from the word of God and don't drift away from the one who died in your place. And by the way, can I encourage you? Don't use the word God. Say Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Because there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. And so I love to talk about Jesus because, uh, by the way, my son sent me a video. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm stealing this. This is going into Davisms. Tim Tebow was swinging a golf club. I don't know if you guys saw this. And he hits the golf ball and he hits it really hard. And the guy behind him goes, Jesus, he's cursed, you know. And his response without blinking was, loves you. <laughs> I thought, oh, that, I'm, ah, I'm writing that down. I'll be using that at work. Can I get an amen? Next time you hear someone say, Jesus, just say loves you at the top of your lungs. I love that. No other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Amen. He loves you so much. So now points three, four, and five we'll look at this morning. Don't drift away from the word of God, from the one who died in your place, from the one who suffered that you might be sanctified. See, Jesus was willing to suffer again in our place that we might be molded more into the image of our Savior. We'll see that. You know what else? It amazes me. He's proud to call us brethren. We're going to see that in this morning's text. He's proud to call you his brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, we're not God. Amen. There is two undeniable facts. There is a God and you're not him. Can I get an amen to that? And the reality is, though, that there's God the Father and we are brothers and sisters of Christ. He is the Son of God, but we are sons and daughters of God. We're not equal to the Son of God, but we are his brothers. And he's not, he's not ashamed of us. And you know what? He could be ashamed of us. Can I get an amen to that? Anybody, anybody whose lifestyle lived in a way that the Lord could be ashamed of you besides me, amen? But you know what's amazing? He could be ashamed of us and he's not. And we should never be ashamed of him, but sometimes we are. There's times when we don't speak up, when we don't want to claim our faith. We're worried about what somebody else might think. Well, I can't be one of those outspoken Christians. You know what? If you don't love the Lord enough to talk out loud about him, you need to get closer to God. Can I get an amen? He, he suffered and died, you might have eternal life. We can't, you know, guys, let's be unashamed of the gospel, unashamed of our Savior. Point number four, from the one who defeated Satan and delivered us from the fear of death. You know what? Christians die well, amen? Bible says death has no sting. I got to see it in my mom's eyes. She raised her hands up, breathed, breathed her last, and opened her eyes in heaven. Guys, it's just better, Amen. It's just better. And I'm so thankful we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear the things that are going on in the world. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And then finally, from our faithful high priest, who would, by the way, there is going to be a high, there's going to be a priest speaking at that, that, uh, it's not going to be those priests though. Can I get an amen? We have the great high priest. What does a priest do? He intercedes for the people with God and he speaks for God to the people. Amen? And that's exactly what Jesus did and does. Can I get an amen? He is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. That's why we pray to the Father in the name of the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary is not sitting next to the Father. Peter's not sitting next to the Father. No church is sitting next to the Father. Jesus Christ alone is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? So let's begin there looking at, again, the... Don't drift away. We saw from the word of God, and then we saw from, from the one who died in our place. And now we're going to pick up there in verse number uh, 10, looking at don't drift away from the one who suffered that you might be sanctified. Look at verse 10 there. It says, for it is fitting for him, for, for 
whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory and to make captain of their salvation, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. It says it is fitting for him. The word fitting there in Greek means suitable or proper or right. It's consistent with his person and his character. So what is fitting? Go back to verse nine. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone for it is fitting for him. It is fitting for Jesus to die in our place. It is fitting for Jesus to bring us into the presence and the glory of Almighty God. It is fitting for Jesus to taste death for everyone. You know, the Bible tells us he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Before the worlds were even created, he was already predestined to come to earth and suffer and die in our place that we might have eternal life. Again, for for him, for whom? Not the angels. For him, to, it's fitting for him. If you have a good Bible there, that word him should be capitalized because it's speaking of God, it's speaking of Jesus, amen? And so it wasn't fitting for the angels because the angels can't die. Angels don't die. Only human beings die. Can I get an amen to that? And then, so Jesus had to become a human so he could die. But he also had to be God so he could redeem us. That's why he is fully man and fully God. Can I get an amen to that? So there's a lot of men who've claimed to be God. They're all dead. We can dig up their bones and they're in the ground. Can I get an amen? amen? I've been to the tomb in Israel many times. I've been inside of it. It's empty. Jesus is a risen and living savior who has triumphed over sin and death and he's proved himself to be God. Amen. All the other gods are false gods, but it was fitting for him because only he would die, only he could die, only he did die in our place that you and I might have eternal life. We can't do it because we're sinners in need of a savior. Good works won't do it. I don't care how good you are. By the way, there's no one so good that they don't need to be saved and there's no one so bad that they can't be saved. Can I get an amen to that? There's no one so good that they don't need salvation and there's no one so bad that they're outside of being able to be saved because we serve a gracious, a loving, and a merciful God. So he's the one who paid the price for us. And so who is this him exactly? Look how it describes him. For whom are all things and by whom are all things? The one who made all things and the one for whom all things were made. The universe was made not for us, but for the Lord. Can I get an amen? He chose to put us here, but it was made by him and it was made for him. It tells us in John 1 of Jesus that all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. So Jesus is not, he is, he is not a created being. He is the creator. Amen. When someone knocks on your door from one of these cults, they will tell you that Jesus is created. Jesus is not the created, he is the creator. Can I get an amen? He always has been. He's the alpha and the omega. He's, he's the bright and morning star. He's the creator of all things. And that's who we serve, the risen and living Savior who has triumphed over sin and death. All things were made by him and for him. And while the Jews who were attempting to draw these Jewish Christians back into the old covenant, the reality is they had missed the Messiah. 
you know, we met for, most of you know, we met for almost a year at VOS. And I love Rabbi Ron. I love him. Good brother. But I sit down and talk to him about the Lord. And it's so tragic to me to hear people that study the Old Testament every week, or supposed to be anyway, to say, I say, what happens to you when you die? Oh, we don't know. We think we just go into the ground. There's people in our, our, our synagogue that believe in reincarnation. Uh, this is what happens when you don't study the Bible. Can I get an amen to that? I take them to Isaiah 53. Who's that talking about? We're going to talk some more about Psalm 22. It's Jesus and the crucifixion in the Old Testament. And every chapter in the Old Testament points to the Lord. And that's why we need to pray for the Jewish people. Is God, God's not done with them. Can I get an amen? And they're still God's chosen people. And we are pro-Israel because God's pro-Israel. Can I get an amen to that? But right now, they have scales over their eyes. You know, there's individual Jews who are saved. Praise God for that. The first century church. By the way, again, this is a Jewish book written by Jewish people about a Jewish Savior. Can I get an amen to that? So praise God. But the reality is that there's still scales on their eyes. And so they were trying to draw them back into the rituals and the sacrifices. And I love to ask my Jewish friends when I meet them, so... What did you guys do on the Day of Atonement this year? Did you slaughter a lamb? How'd that, I mean, do you have the Ark of the Covenant? Do you have the temple? No, because guys, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the temple. We don't need the temple anymore. Matter of fact, we are the temple now. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen? He lives inside of us. We're looking for a, the Jews that cried out on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, save now, we pray you. As he came in to Jerusalem riding on a donkey, those same people wanted him to come in and overthrow the Roman government. And they wanted him to come in and put them in charge and free them from bondage to the government. And they were focused on the government. And those same people, when he appeared not to be a conquering warrior, but a suffering savior, many of them were crying out just four days later, crucify him. And there's a lot of people that want to come to the Lord and they want him to rule and reign over our government. And that would be great. But guys, that's not where the answer is. The answer, we don't look to the White House, we look to the throne of grace. Can I get an amen? amen. And so Jesus is in charge. And by, where he is going to rule and reign for a thousand years and we're going to get to see what, what the world will be like with him in charge. Thank you, Lord. Amen? During the millennial kingdom. But the point I'm making is that there were those who were more focused on trying to bring the kingdom down instead of entering into God's kingdom. Amen? And there's a lot of that today. And I, again, we should, vote, we should vote biblically, vote pro-life, vote pro-God, vote pro-Israel, do all those things. We should absolutely be going in droves to do everything we can to make sure we continue to have our religious freedoms and all of that. But guys, our hope is not in who is in political office. Our hope is in the one who's on the throne of grace. Amen? And they cannot vote Jesus out of office. Can I get an amen? He's always on the throne and he always will be. So this verse makes it clear that his suffering was indeed fitting. Look what it says there. It says, in bringing many sons to glory to make him captain over their salvation, perfect through sufferings. In bringing many sons to glory, to restore man back to his position of glory and honor. You know that God created us, and when he did, he, he created man and men, man walked in the coolness of the day, and Adam and Eve could talk to the Lord, that intimate fellowship with God. So what is it that destroyed intimate fellowship between man and God? What was it? Sin. sin. So when we sin, when man sinned, they were banished from the garden. 
And now they were naked and ashamed, and they were separated from the Lord. And, and, and you can thank Eve for pain and childbirth, ladies. It's in the Bible. Can I get an amen? And men will toil by the sweat of their brow all the days of their life. And what happened was sin, it's an archery term, it separates us from the perfection of Jesus Christ. So we all have sinned. We're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And don't blame Adam and Eve for the sin, because if it had been you, you'd have done it too. Can I get an amen? So the reality is we're all sinners and we've been separated from God. Well, that's why Jesus came to restore sinful men and women back to holy God. The word religion, which I've, hate to, I've grown to hate the, the, what it's come to mean, man's attempts to reach God through a bunch of rituals. But, it, but the word relingara in the religious language means to relink. So Jesus came to take sinful men who had been banished because of sin and draw us back into a relationship with the Lord. And that's what Jesus did for us. And he desires that we walk in intimate fellowship with him. I'm so thankful that, again, he wants to bring us back. It says to bring us to glory, bring us back into his presence. Now, ultimately, that will happen in heaven. But as believers, the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were justified, just as if you've never sinned. Now you're being sanctified till the day you're glorified. We will not be glorified till we get to heaven, so we're being molded more and more to the image of our Savior, every, hopefully every day until we get there. Can I get an amen to that? So we're in that sanctification process. And one of the things that helps sanctify us, helps mold us more into the image of our Savior, is something we don't necessarily like. And it says that there in that verse at the end of it, talks about sufferings. We'll talk more about that as we get there. Now notice it refers to the Lord as the captain. You know, you didn't know the Bible called the Lord the captain, did you? He's the captain. The word there in the original language means the author, the prince. It means the originator, the leader, or the pioneer. Guys, he's the one who leads. He's the one who leads the way. You know, that's who we follow. Can I get an amen? We don't follow the pastor. We don't follow the church. We don't follow the denomination. We follow Jesus. Amen? He's the one. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. But I love that he's called the captain. Now, what's interesting is that the law cannot save you. And if you go back to the Old Testament picture of Moses and Joshua, you guys will remember this. Moses is a type or a picture of the law. He was given the law by God at Mount Sinai. Amen? And so the first five books of the Bible are referred to as the law of Moses. But isn't it interesting that the law, Moses, remember he smoked the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock and he was not allowed to enter into the land of promise. And, and he... Here he was, a man used mildly by God who did not get to enter in. But there's a clear picture here. Who brought them into the land of promise? Who led them in? Joshua. Joshua. Joshua's name is also Jesus. It's Yeshua. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, the law cannot save you. Only Jesus can. Amen? The law could not bring them into the land of promise the picture, the type that we see there, so Yeshua does, amen? So the law shows us we're sinners in need of a savior, but the law is a taskmaster that leads us to the cross. The law is a mirror that we look into that shows us that we're sinners in need of a savior. But if I look in the mirror and I see a blemish on my face, I don't take the mirror off and rub my face with it. It's not gonna do me any good. And neither does the law redeem us. Neither does the law cleanse us. That came through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So the law shows us we're sinners in need of a savior. And Jesus is the one who leads us. He's the captain. He's the one who initiates and carries us 
through. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega of everything. He is the beginning and the end. He starts and completes it. He is the captain. He should be the captain of your life, the captain of your soul, and he alone should be the one you seek to follow. Can I get an amen to that? We get so caught up in following other things and pursuing other things and making the, being so passionate about those other things that we can put Jesus on the sideline. May we never do that. Jesus originated our salvation. He consummated it. How did he do it? He left heaven. He came to earth. He took on humanity. He tasted death for every one of us. Notice what it says here. The captain of their salvation, perfect through suffering. The word perfect there is to carry to the goal, to, to consummate, to complete. So Jesus is and always has been perfect, by the way. He doesn't become perfect. He always has been perfect. But what this, the word here is, he, it was completed. He completed his work on the cross. That's where he finished it so that you and I might be saved. Our salvation has been made complete through his, notice, his suffering. The Bible talks about us being, joining the Lord in the fellowship of his suffering. As Christians, we can make the mistake and you hear it by televangelists who don't really know what the Bible says, who will teach, come to Jesus and your life will be perfect. Come to Jesus, you'll never have another problem. Now, I will say this. When we come to Jesus, everything else that happens doesn't really matter. Can I get an amen? We can endure the suffering, the torment, and the shame. Why? Because when we go through it, the Lord walks through it with us. And through it, we grow in our relationship with the Lord. In James chapter 1, Count all joy, my brethren, when, not if, when you fall into various trials. For trials produce patience and the perfecting of our faith. Guys, the reason we, the trials of this life, no suffering is wasted. You've heard me say that over and over. So when we go through times of suffering, God is using it to mold us more into the image of our Savior. Because nobody suffered more, and certainly nobody suffered more deserving not to suffer at all than our Savior. The Bible tells us, by his stripes, we are healed. And some will use that to, to really equate to physical healing, and I guess you can. But the real ultimate meaning of that is not physical healing, but spiritual healing. Can I get an amen? And that's the one we need more. And God still heals, and we need to pray for that, amen? But that being said, he heals us, he transforms us, he redeems us. Why was it so fitting for Jesus, the author of salvation, to suffer? Because it was in his suffering on the death of the cross for us that our sins were paid for, and that salvation was accomplished, and it is perfect. He has suffered, and now he walks with you when you suffer. My sister and I talked about this. We were with my mom the most last, uh, for, for 12 days straight with my mom. I came down here on that Sunday and drove right back up. My wife was there as well, but we were there and other family members were coming in and out. But during the time we were with her, there's such a peace when you know where, where you're going. Can I get an amen to that? And we were praying that, Lord, it's okay, take her. And now I look back and I'm kind of glad, you know, kind of, he restores the years of locusts have eaten because I used to go see my mom every month. She had COVID and we couldn't go for a year. And then he gave me 12 days, the same 12, you know, that would have been spread out. He gave me 12 days to hang out with my mom before she went to heaven. And I just thought about that and I said, thank you, Lord. Amen. But you know what? When they're going to heaven, there's peace. If she wasn't going to heaven, we'd had every doctor in there. We'd had IVs hooked up. We'd have been, you know, trying to bring her back. Why? Because we think that's it. And I've done 200 memorial services in my life. And when someone dies without the Lord or there's a family that doesn't know the Lord, boy, it's a whole different day than when someone who does. Can I get an amen? Because as Christians, we die well. And as Christians, we 
close our eyes on earth and we open them up in glory. And when we go through times of suffering, we're not alone. He's a faithful God. He meets us right where we are. The Jews needed to see that salvation was made complete, though those were still hanging on to the old covenant, not through good works or Old Testament feasts or sacrifices or rituals. Again, all pointing to Jesus, all acts of faithful obedience until Christ came, but all of them were pointing to the one who was coming. And when he came, he fulfilled them and we need them no more. So many will accept anything but Christ. It's amazing to me. You can talk to people, Santa Cruz, where I pastored for 10 years, Santa Cruz, Holy Cross, it's the Tofu Tie-Dye New Age Lesbian Capital of the United States. If you ever want to wonder about it, that's, what, that's where I pastored. But Santa Cruz means Holy Cross. But people would go out and literally, I'm not exaggerating, worship trees. And they would cry out for forgiveness from the trees that had to be cut down because of what we've done. It's just the biggest bunch of nonsense. They would walk through labyrinths over and over in hoping of you know, earning heaven. And they do all these crazy, just ridiculous things, all these things that people do to earn heaven. And then when you tell them, here's what you need to do to have eternal life. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Oh, I can't do that. I'll walk through a labyrinth. I'll cry out to the trees. I'll crawl on my knees on glass to Mecca. I'll, do all these, I'll go door to door six hours uh, every Saturday. I'll do all these things to try to earn heaven, but I won't accept the free gift of grace that comes from the Lord. And you know, that's the enemy that tells them that, that what, we, what is offered by the Lord is just too easy. There are many buddy who tell them that. They go, oh, that's too simple. Well, it's not, it wasn't simple for Jesus. Can I get an Amen. Salvation was a, is a free gift, but it, it wasn't cheap. Can I get an amen? And he endured it all out of, uh, for us. See, the problem is that every cult makes man more and God less. They make man's, you know, what man does is more and what God does is less. They, they make Jesus the, the, you know, the brother of Satan as the Mormon church does. They make Jesus Michael the archangel as the Jehovah's Witnesses do. They make him the most elevated of the gurus as Hinduism and some of the new age movements do. And what they do is they make Jesus less and they make us more like somehow, you know, we're, well, the Mormons believe you're going to be God of your own planet. And, and the Jehovah's Witnesses believe we're going to inherit the earth and this is going to be it. You guys can have it. We're going to heaven. Can I get an amen? But the reality is that Jesus is the answer and Jesus paid it all and Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Amen. Amen? And there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. But he had to suffer that you and I might be glorified, that you and I might be able to enter into his glory. God alone is glorified, but we might enter into his glory. He is the captain. He has made things complete through his suffering. Guys, we need to tell people about that. It's Passion Week. I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to go home today, maybe we'll even do it at the end of the service, and pray for some people by name that you want to invite to church next week, and pray that they'll come. Can I get an amen to that? Pray, pray about the doctor you visit. My doctor's already here, so I'm on, I'm on it, okay? My doctor's right here. But you know, pray for your doctor. Pray for your dentist. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for some unsafe family members. Because you know what? If they're ever going to go to church, it's, at, it's on Easter and Christmas. Amen? I promise you if they come next week, the gospel will be shared. Amen? I want to encourage us. Let's get out of our comfort zone a little bit. If you don't know where you're next door, just invite them. Hey, you know, what are you doing on Sunday? It's, it's, resurre- it's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. Why don't you come to church? Let's see what God does. Amen? 
Because Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven by which men must be saved. Nothing else is going to matter. When this time has come and passed, only what we've done for Christ will last. And we stand there on judgment day, all that's going to need to be known is what have we done with God's son? We're all part of the ultimate work. uh, all, All are a part of the ultimate work of redemption by our Savior. His perfect life let me just say this. All these things are part of, of what we need to be doing as Christians. But let me make this really clear. His perfect life doesn't save you. He had to be perfect to be able to save you, but his perfect life doesn't, because he was perfect doesn't mean you're saved. His virgin birth doesn't mean you're saved. His miraculous works doesn't mean you're saved. His authority teaching uh, does not save you. Those are all things that are necessary. They all prove him to be God. I'm not saying those aren't important because they all are. But while they're all necessary for him to be both just and justifier, it is his death on the cross and our submission and repentance unto him that saves us. Can I get an amen to that? It's the cross, it's the cross, it's the cross. And he alone went to the cross. He alone died on the cross and he alone proved himself to be God because he rose from the dead on the third day. Only because he's perfect and holy God can he save us. But apart from his suffering and his sacrifice upon the cross, we cannot be saved. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but blood of Jesus. Amen. And again, he created man, perfect sinless and perfect communion with him. Man chose to sin. Man broke fellowship. Man was separated, deserving of righteous judgment. And our loving Savior didn't leave us there. He sent more than a a map to redemption. He came himself as the bridge to redemption, restoring and saving us, restoring us into our relationship with him. Verse 11, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Not only has he justified us through his work and redemption on the cross, but he is sanctifying us. So you don't just give your life to Jesus, right? And the word repent means to change your mind, to change your heart. You're walking in this direction. You recognize you're a sinner and you turn and you surrender your life to the Lord. But guys, that's the beginning of our walk with God. That's not where it ends. That's where it begins. Can I get an amen? So what happens is you have people that walk an aisle and pray a prayer and think they got the get out of hell free card in their wallet. And then they just go out and live like the world. But if we've truly been saved, something will change. If there's no conviction, there's been no conversion. Amen. So he that justified us, he that sanctifies, you know, that sanctifies is sanctifying us. He's still doing a work in us, molding us more and more into the image of his son. The word sanctify means to be set apart, separate from the profane things and dedicated to God. The word means to purify, to set free from the guilt of sin. While justification is the work of the Lord has done for us through Calvary, sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit that continues to be done in us. Amen? So as believers, here's my prayer always. I want to be closer to God tomorrow than I am today. I want to be closer to God a year from now than I am today. And are we continuing to grow in our relationship with the Lord? Or do you look back and remember when you were closer to the Lord? Guys, that's our fault. We need to respond and get on our knees and say, Lord, help me to walk in the center of your will. Help mold me more to the image of our Savior. Continuing day by day to transform us into a clear reflection of the Son. As believers, we should be growing closer to him day by day. So he who sanctifies, those being sanctified are you and I. 
All the born-again believers were in that process of being sanctified. We've been redeemed. It says we are all of one. You know what that means? We're all of the same family. Can I get an amen? amen? We all have the same dad. That makes us brothers and sisters. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. We have our heavenly father, Abba. This is one of the names for him, Daddy. Daddy's never far away. He's someone whose lap you can crawl up into. If, he, if, if, if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Can I get an amen? Because he loves you so much. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. It's not a lot for me, but he, he knows. And he cares about every detail of your life. And he's such a gracious, a loving, and a merciful God. And we're all one in Christ. And by the way, here at Calvary Chapel, we don't have church membership. You show up. We just adopted you. You're part of the family. Can I get an amen to that? So we're all one in Christ. The one thing we have in common is the Lord. You know, it's been said that blood is thicker than water, but the Holy Spirit's thicker than blood. When you got Jesus in common, you got everything in common. Amen? When you meet, I, I said this before, I'll meet a Christian in line at Disneyland, and by the time we get on Space Mountain, I'm closer to him than people I'm related to that don't know the Lord. Can I get an amen? Because when you have Jesus in common, you have everything. This is why every time we come to church, I hug everybody, because it's a family reunion. Amen? I look forward to seeing my family because that's what we are. We're all of one, having been redeemed and set apart for God's service, adopted as sons and daughters. Notice what it says here. I love this. At the end of verse 11, he is not ashamed to call them brethren in spite of all we've done. How many of you would love it if we rolled a, if we rolled a, a big screen in here next week and we just showed every wicked, vile thing you've ever done in your life. And we could get into your thought life and just play all that on there too. I think nobody'd be here next Sunday hoping because in case it was them. Can I get an amen? I think I'll live stream with the clicker ready to turn off if it's me. But you know what? The Lord knows you best and he loves you most. He knows every wicked, vile thing you've ever done or thought, the wicked, vile things you're gonna do, and he loves you anyway. That's called, that's called agape, right? That's loving someone outside of yourself more than yourself. It's a love that gives. It's the love that saved us. Amen? While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he's not ashamed to call us brethren. In spite of all we've done, he sees us holy through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, when he sees you, he looks through the blood of his son and he sees you as holy. He sees you as redeemed. He sees you as been, having been made perfect and cleansed. So when he looks at us, he sees us holy, not because of our good works, but because of his great grace. He's not ashamed to be identified with us. If perfect holy God is unashamed of being identified with us, redeemed sinful man, how much more should we be unashamed of openly saying we belong to Jesus? Amen? We're going to get some more of the larger stickers to put on the back of your car that just let people know where you go to church. Why? Because we want people to know about Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? I've heard some people say, well, I can't put that on my car. I drive too fast. <laughs> Slow down. Put the sticker on your car and honor Jesus. Amen? amen? By the way, restaurants are opening back up. And when you go, do not be ashamed to pray. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And don't, dear Lord, thank you for this food in Jesus' name. <laughs> Don't try to hide it in a yawn. Can I get an amen? Don't try to make it look like you're not praying. You know what? We should be unashamed of our Savior always, always, always. Amen? 
My first sales meeting back, someone, all that my, you know, we, we do live Zoom meetings and I'm on a new team with 16 people that are just getting to know me. And the first thing that my boss said is, hey, Dave's back and his, his mom died. And they all said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great because heaven's better. Amen. And because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, my mom heard, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the good news is death has no sting and we don't have to fear death because we know the one who triumphed over sin and death. And I heard four amens and a bunch of other quiet people. Can I get an amen? But the point I'm making is everything is an opportunity for us to stand up for the Lord. Somebody sent me a mask. My wife bought it. It just says Jesus saves. So if I have to wear a mask, I wear a mask. I like it. It's good. It's witness wear. Can I get an amen? Let's look for opportunities to point people to Jesus. Again, he's unashamed of us when he could be ashamed of us. And we have no reason to be ashamed of him because he's perfect and holy and righteous and just. He's the definition of love. How in the world can we be ashamed of him? Don't be quiet. You know when the Holy Spirit's prompting you to say something. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we've all been prompted and said nothing sometimes. Anybody besides me? Amen? Lord, help us. Let's be unashamed of the gospel. He should be more embarrassed about who we are than we are about him, and he's not embarrassed by us. That just blows me away. Knows us best, loves us most. What a great and awesome God. Look at verse 12. Saying, I declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. He's quoting from Psalm 22, which is a messianic psalm known as the crucifixion psalm the Psalm of the Cross. It describes in detail the crucifixion hundreds of years before crucifixion existed. One of the, this is one of the chapters I asked the rabbi about. What about Psalm 22? When I said, what about Isaiah? He goes, we really don't teach Isaiah. I said, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> because it's just Jesus all over it. Can I get an amen? amen? But Psalm 22 is such a clear picture of the crucifixion. And it describes in detail hundreds of years again before it existed. And it was written to Jewish believers to connect the Old Testament Messianic Psalm to Jesus. The temptation to go back to the Old Testament and the Old Covenant should only point them forward to the fulfillment found in Jesus. Why again grasp the shadows when the one who is uh, real is here? He calls us brethren. He declares and reveals the Father to us. He says in his word, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And notice it says here, he joins us in worship. Let me read that to you again. I will declare your name to my brethren. Who's that talking? Who's that saying? Who's that speaking of? It's Jesus. It's in the Old Testament, and it's Jesus. Amen? In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Now, again, there's a reference there to King David, but it's really pointing to what Jesus would do in the future. And Jesus sings praises too. Again, the writer quotes the Old Testament uh, here in verse 13. He says, and again, I will put my trust in him, linking another Old Testament text to Jesus. So again, All these texts are pointing to Jesus in Isaiah, in Psalms, and he's giving this writing, this book's written to Jews who are Jewish believers who are being drawn back into the old covenant by some of their Jewish family and friends. And he's reminding them that the old Testament was always pointing to Jesus because it's to him that we sing praises and notice it says there, and it's in him that we put our trust. Amen. We put our trust in Christ. So all these verses that are in the Old Testament here in in Psalms and Isaiah are all pointing to Jesus Christ. And again, he is the fulfillment. So when we, he indeed is the one who suffered, 
that we might be sanctified to restore sinful men and women, condemned men and women, back to a right relationship with holy God. You know, before there was sin, nothing died. Nothing died. Plants didn't die. Animals didn't die. Nothing died until there was sin in the garden. And the first time you see shedding of blood, it's the shedding of blood for the covering of sin. If you remember that after Adam and Eve sinned, that God killed an animal, right? And they covered themselves with the skins of the animal, right? So they had to cover themselves. So an animal had to be slain. So it was the shedding of blood for the covering of sin. So prior to sin in the garden, nothing died. That's why in heaven, nothing's going to die. Can I get an amen to that? And so that's, that was heaven. It was earth. That's how earth was until we sinned. And that's why God can't have one sin in heaven. Or he's got earth part two. Amen. If there was one sin in heaven, stuff would be dying. Amen. If there was one sin in heaven. There'd be separation from the father. That's why there can be no sin in heaven. But yet we are all sinners, and that's why Jesus came and suffered and died, so that all of our sin could be placed upon him. He suffered as if he lived our lives, so we could be rewarded as if we lived his. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? So sin separates, Jesus restores. Amen? We need to remember that, be mindful of it. Sin separated us from God. Jesus restored us to him. Jesus came to bring many sons to glory, literally to share in his glory. Boy, I love that. His sonship, his holiness, to deliver us from the destruction that we deserve. When he says, I will put my trust in him, he expresses his clear confidence in God as his father. This is from the Psalms. It's, you know, it says in 2 Samuel, the God of my rock and him I will trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Guys, we put our faith in almighty God and nothing else. Can I get an Amen. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. In Isaiah 8, it says, And I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are the signs and, uh, signs and wonders in Israel for the Lord of hosts who dwelleth in Mount Zion. It's yet another reference to the children or brethren God has given him. Those linked to Jesus in fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture. So don't drift away, point number one, from the one who suffered that you might be sanctified. Don't drift away from him. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be shy about telling other people about him. I promise when we get to heaven, none of us will feel bad that we shared our faith too much. Can I get an amen? amen. But we all will have our hearts broken and that we didn't share it as much as we should have. Point number two, from the one who defeated Satan and delivered us from the fear of death. Look at verse 14, or the rest of verse 13. It says, and again, here I am, and the children whom God has given me. So the children, we're the children of God because what Jesus did for us on the cross. Then it says, verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of, the flesh, are partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, we, Jesus left heaven and came to earth, coming in human flesh, and again, the Messiah came in a way that had not been expected, not as a warring king, but as a suffering and submitted servant and savior. Because we were made of flesh and blood, he took upon himself flesh and blood. He came into the world the same way we did through human birth. Now we know that he was born of a virgin 
And we know that the bloodline comes from the Father, so he was perfect and holy. And why did he take on humanity? Notice it says there that through death, he might destroy him who had the power over death, that is the devil. See, death came when man succumbed to the temptation of the devil. See, nothing died until man listened to the temptation of the devil and chose to sin. So temptation itself is not sin, and temptation never comes from God. It always comes from the enemy. Can I get an amen to that? So, but when he tempts you, the Bible tells us that the Lord makes a way of escape. And you know what he gives us? He gives us the Holy Spirit that will give us the strength to say no to sin. Now, Satan hates you. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. He's been cast out of heaven, and he knows his future. And the thing that he loves most is when people die and go to hell without Jesus. He celebrates. All the angels in heaven rejoice when one person gets saved, and Satan rejoices when another person goes into a lost eternity without Jesus. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the thing. He can't take us to hell because we already know the Lord. That is, if you've given your life today, and you're, if you've given your life to the Lord and you're here today. If you haven't, don't leave here without him. Can I get an amen? It's way more important than American Express. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> Don't leave here without him. But here's the point, is that Satan can't take you to hell. So what he wants to do instead is he wants to render you ineffective for the kingdom of God. If he can allow you to be so tempted and drawn away from the things of God that your, your testimony is destroyed, if he can get you to be depressed and discouraged and just sit on the sideline for the rest of your life, in his mind, he's won the battle in keeping you from doing what God has called us to do. Amen. So Satan wants you depressed and discouraged and fearful and worried and anxious. When, when we are that way, he's winning. But the battle belongs to the Lord and praise God that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Amen. And he's a faithful God and we can trust him. You know, the devil was gloating at different times. No doubt when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, uh, he gloated when Jesus died on the cross, thinking he'd won his greatest victory. But three days later, he found out that was his greatest defeat. Can I get an amen? And the serpent's head will be crushed. And Satan is a defeated foe. But you know, at the same time, he still seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. What are some of Satan's biggest tools? Just quickly. These aren't even my notes. Let me give them to you. Number one, drugs and alcohol. Amen? Do you know the word for sorcery in the Bible? Pharmakia. Where you get the word for pharmaceuticals? Be careful. Can I get an amen? amen? Be not drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't need spirits, we need the Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen? Now again, you can have a glass of wine with dinner, that's between you and the Lord. My personal conviction, I'll never drink alcohol again, and I think for pastors we shouldn't. We want to stumble anybody else. Point I'm making is though, one of the tools he uses is drugs. Do you know that, I don't know the exact stats, the last one I saw, it's like 300%. Uh, three, there's three times as many drug overdoses right now because of COVID, because people are by themselves and depressed. Depression's up, drug addiction's up, overdoses are up, all this stuff's up. And see, the enemy's winning in his mind when all that happens. Amen? Another tool he uses is music. Can I get an amen to that? God created music to worship him. That's it. Can I get an amen to that? And a lot of what music does, does, does music play on your heartstrings? Does music move emotions? Yes. Amen. Yes. And before you know it, because you'll hear a song. I played a lot of old songs for my mom, old uh, Maranatha music songs from the 70s and late 60s when she was laying in the hospital bed. Because that, you know, when you hear those songs, it brings you to a place. Amen. 
You hear songs, you're, oh, I was in junior high when that came out. I mean, you know what I mean? It's still in your mind, right? You still, and so the enemy uses music to draw people away. Because you know what? Satan wants to be worshipped. Many believe he was the worship leader in heaven. Amen? He wants to be worshipped. Guys, be careful. I used to have youth group kids. I'd, be, I'd pull up next to them a stoplight. And they'd be singing Highway to Hell. Not even realize. What, Dude, Really? Ah, wait, hell, get me off that highway. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Broad as that road, get me off that highway. But the enemy uses things like that. So the enemy, look, he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be praised. He also wants to be feared. He wants us to be so afraid of the enemy. He's defeated, foe. Look, we don't address Satan. We just give him to Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. People say, they cast down Satan. You don't, don't take, no, just let God take care of him. Lord, you take care of him. I'll keep my eyes on you. Amen? I'll focus on you, Lord. With Jesus' death, the enemy thought he had won, but three days later he rose from the dead and the price has been paid in full and man man need not fear death ever again. We don't have to be afraid of death, you guys. Can't threaten me with heaven. Amen? And we need to live with reckless abandon and recognizing that Again, when this time has come and passed, only what we've done for Christ will last. We have a limited amount of time to be serving the Lord and to reaching others for his kingdom and for his glory. And that vapor of time is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, somebody, somebody here brought me a rope and I, I red ink this far and then the rope's 100 feet long or whatever, right? And this is our life on earth and that's eternity. And we focus so much on this that we have, sometimes we don't think about eternity, Amen. This is just a precursor to heaven. This is practice down here. Can I get an amen? Heaven is what it's really all about, and heaven is better. The price has been paid in full. Again, if we would but just give our lives to the Lord. It says, and it says the power of death that is the devil. The Bible tells us that death has no sting. Aren't you glad? The results are in. One of every one person dies. You're going to be dead a lot longer in your life. Can I get an Amen. Where you spend eternity is going to be a lot longer than where you, what you, Now, we could be raptured. Maybe we won't have to die. Can I get an amen? I'm all for that. Who's, who's in for that? Yeah. By the way, the Bible, is, I think it's clear from Scripture that, that the Lord is going to come back when the last of those who are of the elect uh, prior to get saved. So if that's you, get saved today so we can get out of here. Can I get an amen? <laughs> can we just wrap this up and let's get, let's get to going? Amen. Verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all we're all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, fear is bondage. It binds us up. Bondage, the word literally there is slavery. For those who don't know the Lord, there is indeed a fear, a dread, a terror that is carried around for a lifetime. I told you I witnessed a trig, pray for him, the guy who runs the, the place where my mom lived at the end of her life. And he came out and he was blown away by how many people came to visit my mom. And he goes, I knew she was a special lady, but I'm just blown away by how many people are coming here. And he goes, you know, and he goes, when I look at your mom, she hasn't had water for 14. She's breaking all the records. We don't understand why she's still here. And Molly had mentioned to me, maybe it's because somebody here need to hear about, there need to hear about the Lord. So I just told him, well, somebody in our prayer team thought that she's still alive because someone here needs to hear about the Lord. So that's probably you. And he said, well, I'm confident that when I die, I'm just going to go into the ground. I said, well, uh, confidence and stupidity can be uh, synonyms sometimes because the reality is you don't decide where you spend eternity. You know, you can't decide how you're, you know, you're going to just lay in the ground because it is appointed for man once to live and then to die and then the judgment. And that's everybody. Can I get an amen to that? 
and we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. It's just a matter of where. And I ended up talking to him for an hour each day for the next three days. I gave him a Bible. He's reading it. He's got my cell phone number. Pray that Trig gets saved. And maybe that's why my mom hung out a little while longer. Can I get an amen to that? No suffering is wasted. God knows what he's doing. Amen. So one out of every one person dies this side of the rapture. And in Christ, we're no longer in bondage to it or in fear of it. First Corinthians says this, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Who can conquer death? Move death from enemy to servant? Only Jesus can. That's not our enemy, you guys. We don't die, we just graduate. Christians don't die, they just move to a much better neighborhood, amen? And as Christians, we should have a healthy picture of death, that dying is not bad. I've told my wife, I don't think she's gonna do it. I said, just leave me in a U-Haul box on the curb because I didn't die, I just moved to a much better neighborhood. Can I get an amen? The fear of death has been destroyed. It's rendered inoperative in the life of the believer and people that don't know the Lord are paralyzed by it. They're just paralyzed by it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't take safety measures because of COVID. I get it. But there are people that are scared half to death. I was at Walmart yesterday getting some groceries. There was a lady in there. She looked like she's wearing a hazmat suit. And I'm like, oh, Lord, open her eyes, please. I'm not six masks and a head cover and a yellow suit and bound at the feet and bound, you no know, hands. You can't see any skin. I'm like, wow. I'm like, Lord, help her. Amen. And again, we need to use wisdom, but God's not giving us a spirit of fear. The world is lost. It's in bondage of fear. By the way, if you don't know the Lord, you should be afraid. Amen. If you don't know the Lord, you probably should go hide in a cave until you do. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> If you don't know the Lord, don't get in your car and drive home. Can I get an amen? We need to know the Lord because when we know the Prince of Peace, then we have peace. Apart from him, we can't have peace. Amen? So Satan's defeated. Death has no sting. Verse 16 says there, for indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Angels don't die. Angels don't have flesh and blood. We do know that a third of the angels will be cast into the fire with, with Satan, those who followed after him. So they don't, he doesn't give aid to the angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Christ's redemption and fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. In, in Matthew's gospel, it speaks of the Jews, the traces of the genealogy from Abraham to Jesus. And Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for, amen? And he does triumph over sin and death. All the religion and rituals leaves men in bondage. Repentance and relationship delivers us from the fear of death. And he gives aid to those who are of the seed of Abraham. And that is translated not just to the Jews, but also to us, those who've been grafted in. Final point. Not only don't drift away from the one who suffered that you may be sanctified, from the one who defeated Satan and delivered us from the fear of death, both those are Jesus, of course, from, the, from our faithful high priest, last two verses. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people." 
Our faithful high priest endured temptation without sin. He intercedes on our behalf. He helps us endure temptation and he forgives us when we fall. If Jesus were not like us, he could not be our high priest, representing us before the Father and making atonement for our sin. So Jesus is the great high priest. It's not the Pope. Can I get an amen? amen. It's not any religious figure. It's not Chuck Smith who's now in heaven. He said, if you put my name on anything, I'm going to, send, I'm going to come back if I can. Can I get a minute? We don't worship men. We worship Jesus. We don't follow Calvary Chapel or any other church. We follow Jesus Christ. Amen? And he alone is the one. He is our great high priest. Neither his deity or his humanity are negotiable. If you say that Jesus Christ was not a man, then you're not a Christian. If you say that Jesus Christ is not God, then you're not a Christian because he had to both be fully man and fully God to redeem us. Can I get an amen to that? And he is indeed. Uh, Neither his deity or his humanity are negotiable. If we diminish either, he is unable to save us. It says there that he might be merciful, that he might be merciful and faithful, high priest in all things pertaining to us. You know, Jesus is merciful. The high priest wore a breastplate that had stones if you come in the Old Testament and engraved with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he carried on his shoulders, he had stones with the names of the 12 tribes. And so the high priest in those days, you know, had the, the names of the tribes upon him and he carried their weight on his shoulder. Well, Jesus was wounded in his side and he carried the cross on his shoulder and he took all the burden for you and I that we might be redeemed. Amen. And I'm so thankful for his love and his grace. Again, wound in his eyes. It says, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. To full and sa- propitiation just means he made the payment. Every one of us owed $500 billion just to pick a number. And we got 50 bucks. And we're in trouble. And we can't pay the fine. Jesus paid it for you. Can I get an amen? amen. What's amazing is he is the judge with the robes on, he comes out from behind the desk, stands next to us, and pays the price for us. That's the God that we serve. Amen? We could not, there's not enough good works to save us. Jesus Christ alone is our Savior. Again, Jesus did not wear the high priest's uh, breastplate, but the wound in his chest and the cross on his shoulders, he did both of those things to pay the price for us. And now he faithfully intercedes on our behalf. Again, he's addressing Jews who are, uh, whose Old Testament feasts and sacrifices and rituals, he's comparing those to the gospel. Those things were all wonderful. They were all being obedient to the Lord when they did them. But when Jesus came, they had all been pointing to him. And again, I love having a Passover Seder because it all points to Jesus. I love looking at Old Testament pictures because they all are, are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what people think of God's salvation, Jesus' sacrifice is the full and satisfying payment. Man foolishly tries to add to it through religious rituals and good works. Guys, one more time, Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. When you add to the cross, well, you have to have your first, you gotta have your first holy communion. You gotta be baptized as a baby. You gotta I was talking to somebody yesterday that they think two of the their early children who died are are in purgatory because they didn't get baptized because they died, they were stillborn. You got a Bible verse for that? That is nonsense. Can I get an amen to that? We do not put our faith in the church. We are the church. We put our faith in Christ. He alone is the answer. Sin indeed requires a heavy price, and Jesus alone could pay it. Last verse. 
For in him that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. I love this. How many of you guys were tempted this week? <laughs> when we are tempted, the Lord knows what it means to be tempted because he took on humanity. And how did he respond to every temptation with what? With the word of God. So every time he was tempted, he responded with the word of God. And guess what, guys? When we're in the word of God, we will see temptation for what it is, and we can respond with the word of God. Can I get an amen? I had a guy that was really struggling with pornography and adultery. His life was a mess. And I gave him some verses to memorize. And one of them was, the lips of an adulterous woman drip with honey, but the path to her house leads to hell. Can I get an amen to that? I go, bro, I want you to memorize that. I want you to come back next week and tell me. I want you, I want you to write it down a hundred times. And the next time you're being tempted, the lips of an adulterous woman drip with honey, but the path to her house leads to hell. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. When we're being tempted, if we know what the word of God says, we can respond with the word. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Jesus was tempted in all ways, and every time he responded with the word of God. We cannot respond with the word of God if we don't read the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want your faith to grow, if you want to be able to respond to every time you're tempted, it's not just an opportunity to fall, it's also an opportunity to grow. Because when you say no to temptation, Paul says, resist the devil and he will what? He flees from you. So when you're tempted, it's a chance for you to grow spiritually when you reject, when you say no, and respond with the word of God. It's amazing how the things I read in the Bible in my devotions in the morning will have a direct application of something going on in my life that day. Can anybody get an amen to that? Guys, be in the Bible, be in the word, and we'll be able to respond. I wish I could stop being tempted. By the way, the Lord doesn't tempt you, so temptation's not going to stop. But you can have victory over temptation, amen? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He knows by experience what we are facing. You know, Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, this is my beloved son, whom I remember, you know, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then he comes up, and the heaven opens up. God the Father, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. There's the Trinity. He's driven out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasts. He's tempted. He overcomes temptation with the word of God to be an example for every one of us. Amen? When overcome temptation, spend time in the word of God. So in closing, don't drift away. We saw last week, don't drift away from the word of God. Don't drift away from the one who died in your place. Don't drift away from the one who suffered that you might be sanctified. He's proud to call you brethren. Do not be ashamed of him. Can I get an amen? From the one who defeated Satan and delivered us from the fear of death. If you're living in fear, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. That's not coming from the Lord. Can I encourage you? Spend more time in his presence. Seek the Lord Walk in, you know, walk in obedience to his word, spend time with him and, and, and get an eternal perspective and you will not fear. And then finally, from our faithful high priest, he is interceding on our behalf. He is seated at the right hand of the father. He prays for you. He loves you. Don't drift away from him. Cling, on, cling to him with both hands. Can I get an amen? amen? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. Oh Lord, we thank you for your, for your love, your grace your infinite mercy. We're thankful that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're thankful, Lord, that you know us best and you love us most. And we're blown away that you call us brethren. You're unashamed of us, even though you know everything about us. 
Lord, I pray for anybody here today that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's not about joining a church or uh, joining an organization, but recognizing you're a sinner in need of a Savior. The word repent literally means to change your mind. Right now, if you don't know the Lord, you're on the throne of your life and you're headed to destruction. But Jesus loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. And when you give your life to him, you're saying, take me off the throne. And Lord, you, you take my, the throne of my life. You're saying, I'm not going to walk my way anymore, but I'm going to turn, I'm going to surrender my life to the Lord. It's your desire this morning to be forgiven, to confess Jesus Christ, not just as your Savior, but your Lord. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. If you've never fully surrendered your life to the Lord and the Lord's prompting you by his Holy Spirit right now, why don't you just raise your hand right where you are and I will pray with you. And you can leave here knowing that you're born again, that you're going to heaven, that you're a new creation in Christ. Anybody at all, don't leave here without the Lord. Loves you so much, you'd rather die than live without you. He's a faithful God. Don't leave here without him. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. You are worthy to be worshiped, to be praised, and to be honored. Lord, help us continue to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that you're praying for us, you intercede for us, and that you love us. We ask these things in your holy and your precious name we pray. And all God's people said...